This is the Get A Life Podcast, X-Cult Conversations. Hi everyone, I am Cheryl and I want to welcome you to Get A Life Podcast, X-Cult Conversations. Today, I have Richard with me and we are going to give you a broad view of the One School Global Money Laundering Fraud, how it is playing out around the world and what will most likely happen next. Because most of the information we have is from New Zealand. We will give all the numbers in New Zealand dollars. These numbers will be about the same in Australian or Canadian dollars and very roughly halved in US dollars, pounds or euros. The One School Global Unispace scandal was a complex scheme where a very large sum of money, estimated to be at least $80 million, donated by members of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, the PBCC, to their school charity, One School Global, was stolen by Gareth and Charles Hales, sons of the PBCC spiritual leader, Bruce D. Hales. This scandal came to light when Steve Simmons, a former trustee of One School Global campus in Auckland, New Zealand, approached the Get A Life podcast team to share his story. That was the Get A Life podcast, episode 94, published two weeks ago. The transactions involved in the theft were deliberately complex and occurred over an extended period. Steve presented detailed evidence of these transactions on the podcast, though the amount of information can make it challenging for the average listener to fully understand what happened and how. Steve, who had served as a trustee for many years, also has plenty of records from the time to back up his story, and we'll be showing some of those at the end of this podcast. So what we want to do is to leave out a lot of the detail that Steve goes over and just give everyone a simple summary of what happened. Firstly, we'll talk about the key players and just outline how the scheme worked. So there are three key players in the scheme. First, the donors who provide the money. In this case, the 55,000 Brethren members and the government by way of tax deductions. Second, the charity, One School Global, that funds the education of the Brethren's 9,500 children. Thirdly, the operators who manipulate the other players to embezzle as much money as possible for themselves. In this case, the operators of the PBCC leadership, in particular Bruce Hales, his sons Gareth and Charles Hales, and Unispace, a business that belonged to them. To understand how this works, you have to keep in mind that the operators are always in control of the other players in a way that would be totally impossible outside of a high control religious cult like the PBCC. The scheme began 30 years ago when the Hales family established the charity, the Brethren's Schooling System, which became One School Global. The char charity is all officially registered and tax exempt and has, of course, a very, very appealing cause. Everyone loves children, right? Convincing the donors to generously contribute funds. Initially, the money is used for its intended purpose. And after 20 years of growth, capital investment and improvements, the charity achieves impressive results to showcase to the donors. A global network of 120 school campuses providing for all the Brethren's children. So now we're in the 20 teens. We have 9,500 students 
And at a very rough estimate, the cost of running the whole of One School Global should be about $200 million per year. About a quarter of this is in the form of tax deductions, and perhaps a quarter is direct government funding of schools in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, leaving about $100 million to collect. So by this stage in the scheme, the charity now has more than enough income to fulfil all of its objectives and cover its running costs. However, this information is concealed from the Brethren members, the donors, who are subjected to intensive continuous marketing efforts endorsed by Bruce Hales personally to encourage them to donate more and more money, both directly and by using UBT, Campus & Co, etc. As a result, the charity amasses significant surplus cash reserves without any need for those funds. Even if the charity only receives 10% over its budget, that's still 10 million a year that can be skimmed off. The operators now face the challenge of transferring this surplus to their own pockets without arousing suspicion from the donors or the government. This is the next stage of the scheme. The operators, being the Hales family and friends, accomplish this by using their own legitimate for-profit businesses in this case. Unispace, and selling goods and services to the charity at hugely inflated prices. This is classic, straight-up fraud, embezzlement, and money laundering. In order to compel the charity trustees to purchase overpriced goods from Unispace, the operators must have the trustees under their control. As we will see, in some cases, the Unispace directors and one school global trustees were the same person. But in any case, Bruce Hales can ruthlessly use his spiritual position as head of the church to enforce compliance. The beauty of this scheme is that both the operators and the charity will get a complete set of authentic orders and invoices for all their transactions, which should be sufficient to satisfy an unsuspecting tax inspector. However, the fraudulent nature of the relationship between the parties involved can be exposed by three things. One, conflicts of interest. The operators wield control or undue influence over both the charity and the donors. Two, single source contracts. The charity is compelled to buy exclusively from the operators instead of obtaining competitive bids. Three, cost benefit analysis. The charity incurs disproportionately high costs relative to the benefits it provides. The education is much more expensive than it should be. Remember again that about 30% of the amount the operator procures is stolen from the government and consequently from the general public of each country that One School Global operates in. This is not just a PBCC internal affair. This is what the brethren call stealing from the Egyptians taken to the extreme. Here's a quote from Bruce Hales and his published ministry. We used to be exhorted when we were younger to spoil the Egyptians. That means you charge the highest possible price to the worldly people. That's the way to get ahead. I mean, materially, you've got to spoil the Egyptians. It doesn't belong to them anyhow, so we've just got to relieve them of it. Got to do it astutely and carefully. And another quote from Bruce Hales's ministry. The world is there for our using up of it. 
That's the way I look at it. The world is there to take what we want from it and leave everything we don't want. Spoil the Egyptians as quick and as fast as you can and leave them alone. What's the point of going on and getting mixed up in the world? You don't have to get mixed up in the world and business. There's a way through. Copyright Bible and Gospel Trust, October 2014. So that is how the scheme works. Now we'll look specifically at what happened in Auckland starting in 2013. I'm going to call the Auckland Brethren School Trust One School Global. It was originally called the Hillsborough Education Trust, but all the education trusts were rebranded as One School while these events were happening. So the key players in Auckland were as follows. The donors were the Auckland Brethren and their businesses and the New Zealand government. The charity was the Auckland campus of One School Global. The operators of the scheme were Gareth and Charles Hales, directors of the construction company Unispace, and Auckland Brethren local leader Neville Simmons. In 2013, the Auckland One School Global trustees were told by the Australian PBCC headquarters in Sydney that their campus's senior school had been selected as one of three locations for piloting a new self-directed learning centre. The learning centre was a very large, open-plan study room fitted out with special furniture and computers where students could work on, assi on assignments independently rather than having traditional classroom teaching. The trustees were informed that the estimated cost for the project would be around 320000 and that it would be built by Unispace. This message came through Neville Simmons, who served as both a Unispace director, a One School Global trustee, and the spiritual leader of the Auckland Congregation of the Church. Notably, Neville requested that this message should not be recorded in the trust minutes. Okay. The construction was quickly started in order to complete the work during the school vacation. However, when Unispace presented their invoice at an early stage of the project, it was for 647000 instead of the 320000 Neville had quoted. Steve Simmons, who was a trustee, was outraged and got an independent estimate from a quantity surveyor for the work. The estimate came out to be only 180000 Steve also reviewed the cost for the individual line items on the Unispace invoice, such as the carpet, chairs, and the fire alarm system. He discovered that all of these were charged at about three times the commercial rate. For instance, the students' chairs were priced at about $1,700 each. Wow. <laughs> As the trustee responsible for finance, Steve strongly objected, insisting that alternative quotes should be obtained. However, his objection was met with a public humiliation. Neville and another trustee, Greg Mason, who was Neville's brother-in-law and fellow church leader, angrily dressed Steve down in front of the entire trust for a duration of about half an hour. They accused Steve of disloyalty to brethren leadership and claimed that Bruce Hales, the brethren's man of God, was furious with him. Despite Steve's objections, his concerns were dismissed and the other trustees aligned themselves with the directions from Sydney. Unispace completed the work and the charity paid them the full $647,000, thereby embezzling at least $460,000 of charitable funds at a grossly inflated profit. 
Remember that this is money which has been donated specifically by the brethren for their children, which is now going into the pockets of the Hales family and their business associates. A couple of years later, another new directive regarding education was issued by the PBCC headquarters in Sydney. This time, the junior schools were required to adopt an open plan layout, again, moving away from the individual classroom system. The project involved removing walls, installing beams, and converting the space into a single large room. Unispace was once again assigned the task. Steve gives us this story. Unispace asked, said they needed $35,000 or thereabouts just to provide the quote. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is, this is not, you don't, all you get for paying this $35,000 is a quote. Apparently I'll give was, you a quote for uh, half that, uh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, apparently that was in line with the normal sort of corporate practice those days. Um, <laughs> so that got that got rammed through and then money was paid to Unispace for that for the quote. And the quote came back just under a million dollars to um you know to take three walls out between four classrooms and wow pretty it up a little bit. And, and then there was some secondary work in the yard and so on to be done later on and, and the total price was what, about 1.3 million uh, the, the whole we built the whole junior school a few years before for somewhere around half half a million since the trust had depleted its funds by this point steve managed to convince the trustees that they should undertake the work themselves using volunteer labor from the local congregation the project was successfully completed for a cost of about $35,000 the same amount that they had paid Unispace merely for the quotation fee. Although Unispace was not used, the quotation fee was never refunded. Shortly after this incident, Steve was forced off the school trust. He continued to raise concerns with leading Auckland brethren about Unispace's exorbitant overcharging and embezzlement of charitable funds. Consequently, Steve was shut up in 2020 and withdrawn from in 2022. These two stages denote excommunication from the PBCC. Shut up meant that Steve could no longer attend church services and had to live, eat and sleep separately from his wife and children. Withdrawn from entailed a complete physical, social and spiritual severance from the church and its members with no social contact permitted. According to Brethren Doctrine, a person that has been withdrawn from no longer has any access even to God, let alone his family. This inevitably meant complete estrangement from his wife, parents, and children who remained in the Brethren, and Steve's wife is now divorcing him and claiming two-thirds of their joint assets, all under Bruce Hales's direction. Steve was not the only Brethren member in New Zealand concerned about Unispace in one school. Mike Powell, a highly qualified PBCC accountant from Hamilton, New Zealand, apparently also expressed serious concerns about the conflicts of interest and breaches of tax and charity law in the relationship in an email he sent to Bruce Hales. However, Mike was forced to withdraw his email under threat of excommunication. The Hamilton congregation was called together for a special administrative assembly meeting to withdraw from him. The congregation waited for a long time while the brethren priests 
pressured Mike to sign a retraction of his allegations and a non-disclosure agreement. Eventually, Mike caved under the pressure, the congregation was dismissed, and Mike remained in the PBCC, legally gagged and unable to speak out. The Unispace grift extended beyond school campuses. In another incident in Auckland, the New Zealand National Headquarters for One School Global rented a whole floor of an upscale office building owned by church elder Peter Bishop. During the office setup, Neville Simmons had the partially completed installation ripped out and replaced by a very expensive and luxurious interior by Unispace, of which he was a director. Both the cost of the Unispace fit-out and the ongoing rent to Peter Bishop were charged to the charity, One School Global, and paid for with tax-receipted funds donated by the Brethren for Children's Education. The Auckland Learning Centre and the two other pilot learning centres in Australia, the Illawarra campus in Darks Forest and the Sydney campus in Oatlands, were prototypes for a new teaching approach in One School Global. Senior students were to spend much of their time working autonomously in an open-plan setting rather than being taught by traditional teachers in a classroom. To implement this new system worldwide, every one school global campus would need to construct a new learning centre with special desks, furniture and computer systems. These pilot learning centres in Australia were also constructed by Unispace at a cost similar to the Auckland project. Once these learning centres were deemed successful, all 120 or so One School Global campuses were instructed to follow suit. While the exact details of every case were unknown, here is Steve Simmons' account of what he witnessed. So not long after our learning centre was finished, Bruce Hales went over to the UK and, and um, there was a couple of big education <clears throat> strategy meetings and he, he was present at um but there was trustees from all over the world that were there it, it was kind of intended to to provide global direction and you know so everybody was working to the same same end and of course the learning center um directive or direction or whatever you like to call it was was one of the main things that came up anyway at this meeting bruce um he clearly unequivocally stated that learning centres all over at every campus all over the world, they were to be done exclusively by Unispace. Oh, wow. No question. Oh. Where, where Unispace so, is owned by his, two of his sons. Yep. <laughs> no conflict of and, interest. And so here he is. Here's the, the, the leader of the church ordering his followers worldwide to award his company or his son's company millions of dollars worth of projects at, at grossly infl inflated prices. And uh, then he went back to the UK a couple of months after that again. I'm not sure why, but there was another big education meeting over there that time too. And one or two of the senior trustees from our campus were there. Can't recall exactly who. I think David Heath from Pukekohe was one of them. But Whoever it was gave our trust a bit of an overview of what had happened when, when they got back. And I clearly remember the trust being told about some brothers in the UK who had the utter temerity to get competitive prices from other companies other than Unispace for their learning centres. Bear in mind that Unispace's prices were, you know, 
very high and would have been pretty easy to get prices cheaper and probably a lot of these trusts were financially straightened you know and these brothers had sort of they'd looked at the price given by Unispace for a learning centre and they thought, you know, that seems pretty high. I'll just do what I should do and get a competitive price from someone else. (laughs) Anyway, whoever it was, the the senior trustee that was telling our trust about it, he he said it had come up at Mr Hales' second visit to to the UK and, and he said, the brothers who did that could count themselves very fortunate to be still in fellowship. Wow. Wow. If we multiply the 460,000 extra profit that Unispace took from each pilot project by the 123 campuses worldwide, the total comes to 56 million. This figure is solely for the learning centers. If we also consider the junior school projects, the national headquarters office renovations, and the potential construction of entirely new campuses in some locations, the overall amount of money channeled from the brethren through one school global and unispace into the pockets of the Hales family could easily reach around 80 million. All of this occurred in a span of approximately six years from 2014 to 2020. To put this into perspective, stealing 80 million is equivalent to taking $1,450 from each PBCC member. from each congregation, or nearly $8,500 from every One School Global student. That is nearly enough money to run the whole of One School Global for a full year. In March 2021, Unispace was sold to PAG Asia Capital for $300 million. The value of a business is typically calculated as a multiple of its annual profits. Therefore, the six years of highly profitable work for one school global that preceded the sale would have greatly increased Unispace's sale price. However, it is unclear whether PAG Asia Capital was aware that the loyalty of one school global to Unispace was coerced rather than a free market decision. It seems probable that that Gareth and Charles Hales significantly multiplied their gains through what is known as a pump and dump scheme, where the value of a business is artificially inflated through contrived transactions before its sale. One division of Unispace, Unispace Health, later rebranded as Sante Global, remained under the ownership of the Hales Brothers and became the largest recipient of COVID PPE contracts from the UK Conservative government's illegal VIP lane, single source procurement process. This totaled 680 million pounds. That's 1.4 billion New Zealand dollars. An investigation conducted by anti-corruption whistleblower, the Good Law Project revealed that the Unispace contracts were facilitated by Cabinet Minister Michael Gove, Freedom of information requests showed that a founder of Unispace, whose name had been redacted, spoke to the cabinet minister and subsequently sent an email outlining their offer later that day, expressing prayers for Gove and the Conservative Party during a challenging time. So the email reads, I can't stress enough. We are as urgent as you are. We are in complete support of everything you are doing in this current crisis. And if there is anything we can do to help, then we are available. We are praying fervently for all men, 
and for you and the Conservative Party at this difficult time. I will be available any time tonight or tomorrow if you have any questions. With warm regards, and the names are redacted. Once Unispace was sold, how could the Hales family continue to exploit One School Global's income? When the office fit-out division of Unispace was sold, many employees transitioned to other large businesses within the Brethren network operating in the same market. A number of these businesses are connected to the Hales family and are now competing with Unispace, potentially violating the terms of the sale. These businesses can continue to coercively obtain contracts from One School Global and funnel the proceeds back to the leading Hales family. Furthermore, by distributing the operation across multiple businesses, the common factor of Hales control is less apparent, making the scam more difficult to detect. Another important point to note is that One School Global is just one of many entities from which the Hales can extract profits within the PBCC ecosystem. A significant portion of funding for One School Global flows through the universal business team known as UBT, the finance arm of the sect. UBT provides phones, computers, accounting, consultancy, legal insurance, and conference services for all 55,000 brethren and their 3,000 businesses globally. Additionally, there is a Campus & Co., a global members-only supermarket chain owned by UBT, which aims to capture the majority of brethren members' grocery spending. And then there is One Medifund, which provides health insurance for all members and various other initiatives that purportedly donate all profits to One School Global. Each of these enterprises can be exploited using the same process as was employed at the One School Global Auckland campus. They were all ultimately controlled by the Hales family, and if instructed to purchase goods and services from a specific supplier, they would do so unquestioningly. It is highly likely that the Hales family receives kickbacks from phone and computer manufacturers for directing captive customers their way. One interesting example is that Campus & Co. is specifically ordered to purchase all its wines and spirits from a business called Vendimia, a for-profit corporation owned by prominent PBCC members in Australia and New Zealand. Why not let Campus & Co. shop around for the best price? The probable answer is that the Hales family, through intermediaries, is skimming a profit from every bottle of alcohol the Brethren purchase. Everywhere we look in the PBCC, there is an, an intense pressure to give more and more money to church initiatives and particularly to the school. We have annual Strive presentations, Sydney seminars, campus and co-weekly and monthly promotions, continual UBT household sales pitch, local fund days and fundraising events, UBT business conferences at eye-watering ticket prices, one Medifund brochures, Trove music recruitment drives and a heavily promoted half billion dollar endowment fund. And every year, the phone plans and UBT subscriptions prices go up and up. The PBCC leadership puts far more time and effort into these huge financial and fundraising enterprises than they do into providing any form of spiritual or pastoral guidance and care for the church. But also, everywhere we look in the PBCC, we see the three key signatures of a vast money laundering operation. 
we see conflicts of interest where the PBCC's charities are controlled by the directors of businesses that supply them with goods and services. We see cartel-type monopolies, single-source contracts, where the PBCC's charities and non-profits are coerced into purchasing from a single supplier without obtaining competitive quotes. We see grossly inflated costs, where all manner of PBCC-supplied services, from phones and computers through to their entire education system, simply costs much more than it should. So what now? What will happen? Will the perpetrators be able to wriggle out of it and kick over the traces? No, this time not all the most expensive lawyers in the world can save the Hales family. The evidence is all there, and now the tax inspectors know what to look for, an audit of every one school global campus will reveal the truth. On every campus, a new learning centre was built. On every campus, the work was done by Unispace. The trust minutes will reveal that on every campus, no alternative quotes were obtained, or if they were, they were spurious quotations supplied by brethren-owned businesses. On many campuses, these decisions may not even have been recorded in the minutes. On many campuses, the trustees were connected with Unispace or Hale's own businesses, or were even Unispace employees or directors. And on every campus, the One School Global trustees who railroaded the grossly overpriced projects through with no due diligence or consideration for charity law will have donated money themselves to the project and claim tax relief for themselves on the donations. There must be between 600 and 1,000 One School Global trustees worldwide. They are all complicit in an unprecedented criminal tax evasion and charity fraud scam valued at tens of millions of dollars. The truth is out. The government's tax inspectors and charity regulators will slowly but thoroughly investigate the evidence and the prosecutions will begin. But... The real kicker comes in Sydney, Australia, where the whole operation is directed from and where all these multiple streams of embezzled money converge into a torrent of cash that becomes very difficult to hide. Here is the headquarters of One School Global, the headquarters of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, the headquarters of UBT, and the homes of the former directors of Unispace, who are cons conspicuously engaged in buying up a whole series of mansions in Sydney's most exclusive areas, including Bruce's $14 million palace in Doral. And what the investigation will reveal is that the church, the school, the UBT and Unispace are all controlled by the same tiny clique of elite Hales family connections who have patiently manipulated all these organizations who enrich themselves to an obscene degree at the expense of the brethren and the taxpayer. Will the PBCC survive the scandal? Probably. It survived the Aberdeen crisis, albeit with greatly reduced numbers. But one thing is certain. For the great Hales dynasty, for the legacy of W.B. Hales and John S. Hales, down to Bruce Hales and his sons, Gareth, Dean, Gregory, and Charles, this is not survivable. For them, sooner or later, this will be the end. <laughs>